immigration is now the dominant issue of the midterms. Biden got it wrong, says Politico. And a report coming out of Real Clear Policy says blue states spent COVID funds on controversial race teachings, a.k.a. CRT. A Trump advisor, Peter Navarro, arrested, put in handcuffs and leg irons. And the nation waits on the abortion ruling from the Supreme Court. Dr. Carol Swain is here on all those stories. And then Biden's at the beach in Delaware. Meanwhile, Americans are experiencing record gas prices at the pump, struggling to find baby formula, paying double for groceries. This president has no idea what's happening in our country. That message is from Congresswoman Kat Kamak. The Congresswoman will join us on Viewpoint along with Iowa Senator Zach Nunn on his race for Congress in the midterms. A powerful Viewpoint this Sunday is next. the bias, the lies and deceit, and bring forth real talk from real people about real news, providing the out loud truth and capturing the essence of a new generation all in a fast paced hour. This is Viewpoint This Sunday. Welcome to the weekend news magazine, Viewpoint This Sunday. This is Malcolm Allow here. Well, the problems are many, and uh, as Americans look for answers to the current crisis, and there are many of them, uh, friends, as to where we find ourselves right now, we have an explosive program just ahead here. We're going to start right now uh, talking about uh, uh, some of the inflation problems that are happening and uh, the Biden administration uh, and this agenda that is wreaking havoc on the American people here. Excited to have on the program here, Dr. Carol Swain joins us. Uh, She's an award-winning political scientist and former tenured professor at Princeton and Vanderbilt Universities. Uh, She's the author or editor of 11 books, including this bestseller, Black Eye for America, How Critical Race Theory is Burning Down the House. Uh, She's an expert on critical race theory, American politics and race relations, and always excited to have you on, Dr. Carol Swain, my dear friend. Welcome to Viewpoint this Sunday. It's a pleasure to be on the show, and I would also like to announce that I'm currently a distinguished senior fellow with the Texas Public Policy Foundation. Yeah. All right. Very excited. Well, you definitely have your hands in a lot of areas. Uh, you, you've got it moving. And we'll talk about some of that here. Let's start with inflation. Uh, you know, I seen something, uh, uh, Carol, that said uh, from Politico, it said inflation is now the dominant issue of the midterms. Biden got it wrong. He has reoriented his White House around correcting the mistake. A big political question looming over the midterms is, will the president now admit that publicly? And Politico goes on to say Biden's economic advisors dismissed the prospects of inflation, then later argued that it was transitory and nothing to worry about. He ordered up a stimulus package much larger than the economy required. It had two devastating effects. It made inflation worse and it created a political environment that torpedoed what most Democrats saw as the most important and ambitious legislative priorities of Build Back Better. Well, that Build Back Better has been a destructive uh, program or uh, 
uh, agenda, if you will. So this is Politico, Carol, that comes out and says all this about his agenda. We know where they sit politically. Uh, people are hurting right now. Americans are struggling. Uh, Yellen came out uh, and uh, mentioned that uh, she sees that this was a mistake and her mistake and it wasn't transitory. She's concerned about inflation. What do you what do you grasp out there about people and the struggles right now with all the uh, inflationary pricing? Well, I must admit that I'm enjoying watching some of the other news stations now. For the first time, you find the other networks criticizing the Biden administration. And the failures that we're experiencing now, uh, you know, certainly including the inflation, they were all created by Biden. And now, instead of blaming Trump for everything, he blames P uh, Putin. Yeah, well, well that, Putin has been their handy go-to right along, which is why I wonder, instead of get, you know, having a conversation with Putin or trying to get that off-ramp in there or end that war, which is killing thousands out there in Ukraine, do you, are they using this as a crutch, this war, because of the Putin price hikes and all of that, to sort of camouflage their destructive uh, green energy and destructive war on uh, energy and fossil fuels and uh, ch chain supply debacle and inflationary everywhere? It, it, are they using that as the crutch? I mean, I think that they created the situation and they have prolonged it. And there's a lot of suffering and deaths as a result. And we expect the food crisis to worsen largely because of the situation in the Ukraine and Russia. It isn't getting better. But with the Biden administration, they don't seem to have a plan. They are always in crisis mode. They create the crises. But uh, when it comes to responding, uh, there is no carefully thought out adult plan in process. Well, that actually is the definition of a Marxist legacy that you just speak about right there, which you have to remember, everybody, that's the left wing of the Democrat Party. The extremists in that party are Marxists, and they've surely taken over the Democrat Party. Uh, they've taken all the oxygen out of the room where those uh, moderates and independents can't breathe. People like Manchin, they're totally lost in that party now. And, and that's why we're seeing a lot of these Marxist policies come forth. Um, now, you, you've seen this report, uh, uh, Dr. Swain, in the Real Clear Policy. This is interesting. I want people to know this. Blue states spent COVID funds on controversial race teachings. Now, I've seen quite a few reports about this, actually. And this was when Congress passed what they called the American Rescue Plan Act. That was back in like around early March, uh, February, March 2021, I believe. Uh, and we're talking about $122 billion for the Elementary and Secondary School Emergency Relief Fund is what it was. This funding was supposed to be used by schools for like, uh, you know, protective equipment, uh, sanitation, uh, uh, enhanced ventilation, all kinds of things around COVID, Carol. That's what that was all about during the COVID-19 pandemic. But a lot of these states like California, New York, Illinois, and many others, they use the funding, uh, They, you know, not for COVID relief. They used it for other things, for CRT, teaching these radical race-based teachings in the schools. And Fox News did a whole report on this. Uh, you see this story and talk about that and what's happening in our schools with the CRT and this uh, kind of a, a switch and bait here they're doing with the COVID funds. Well, I can tell you that I believe that all the uh, blue states and cities did the same thing and they did it with COVID. And you may recall that before the COVID crisis, California and some of the other Democrat cities were almost literally um, Los Angeles 
Bankrupt. Bankrupt. Yeah. And so uh, the Trump administration was not planning to infuse those blue cities with additional monies to waste. And so when COVID came along and the Democrats were able to seize power, they immediately uh, bailed out those areas through the COVID funds. And there was not any um, oversight on how those funds were used. But if you go back even further, uh, there have been cases, certainly in Nashville, where FEMA funds <clears throat> were used to build things that Democrats wanted, and they were not used for the purposes that the federal dollars were allocated for. Do you think the American people, I mean, a lot of them don't really get what's going on here. Are they on to this for the most part, Carol? What's going on? Well, there's certainly more people awakening to what has taken place. Yeah. But I can also tell you that COVID funds were used to hire people who were being paid like $30 an hour. And even now there's some traveling nurses because they created a shortage of nurses with their policies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, people were forced into retirement. And some of those people are making hundreds of dollars a day as traveling nurses. And that's also a part of the COVID uh, boondoggle. What is your sense or feelings about uh, progress-wise as a nation, Carol, with the CRT, the teachings, these, um, the, these, these teachings that are in the school, these uh, racial sort of uh, tendencies and race bait and implicit bias, uh, all this kind of stuff. Uh, are we making progress? Uh, our parents, I mean, we see what happened in Virginia. Clearly, that was a that was a, a bomb that went off there at that election. Uh, are people finally coming to their senses? Because there's a lot of damage that's been done in our school system with this nonsense. There's a lot of damage that's been done. And I believe that across uh, partisan lines and certainly across racial lines and even nationalities in the sense that there are many foreign-born immigrants who may be legal residents in this country that have pushed back against CRT. And again, this is not a conservative, a liberal issue. This is not a partisan issue. American parents have come together, and that was what happened in Virginia. Uh, they were able to have a revolution there because they were able to attract uh, votes from traditionally Democratic voters. But, Malcolm, What's really happening now is that the parents are realizing that CRT is just the tip of the iceberg because there are other critical theories that are just as dangerous or, and maybe more so. And we see that with critical queer theory, the transgendering of our children and these teachers, these crazy loony teachers that you see on TikTok that are indoctrinating preschool children and so parents are awakened to what is taking place. They are pushing back, but it's not just critical race theory, which I said was the civil rights issue of our time, uh, but it's also critical queer theory, critical feminist theory that causes teachers to single out little boys and accuse them of having toxic masculinity. All of these things are unacceptable. Parents know it, children know it, they are creating a whole new generation of conservatives. It is so demented on so many levels, what you speak about there. And then we see in the state of Florida where Governor DeSantis pushed back even against Disney and put a law in place, executive sign to say, you're not going to teach this stuff to the little, small little children in school at kindergarten, first grade and stuff like that. 
And yet then they're still trying to do it, which is, you know, it really is the crumbling of society. You know, Carol, as long as you and I've been talking here and I, you know, it seems like we've gotten to the point of our country where all this LGBT and all race, they're using these societal things, including abortion, which we'll talk about in a sec here. All these things are being used to divide the people. You know, I see Liz Cheney comes out and she called out her Republicans, which, you know, over the Buffalo shooting. She said, and I quote, the House GOP leadership has enabled white nationalism, white supremacy and anti-Semitism. This was her tweet, for God's sakes. I mean, I don't know what the hell's going on with Liz Cheney, uh, Cheney or what uh, what has happened to her, with her family. And then I see an op-ed with The New York Times to tie this all together. The end of the all male, all white cockpit. I saw that. I saw that. And it's just the worst time to bring up affirmative action uh, in that context. It, I mean, it's a, a total upending of our society. And as you know, I taught in academia for more than 28 years. Yeah. And over the years, I heard various theories and people talking. But there were many people that openly say it like decades ago that they would solve America's uh, race problems when the country was no longer majority white. And so that's been behind the move to flood the country with non-white immigrants to the extent possible. So all of these things, uh, problems are created by the Democrats uh, and they have no regard for anything but their social engineering vision. Everything they touch falls apart. They have no successes to point to, and they are destroying the lives of not just white people, but racial and ethnic minorities because they are removing, um, you know, the safety nets, but also those traditional values and principles that people like me that came from poverty, we applied, you know, those principles of hard work, being dependable, showing up on time, getting an education. And because of that, and those things work, we were able to be successful, achieve the American dream. The lies they're telling our young people of all races right now make it much more difficult for anyone to be successful, including the white children from the affluent backgrounds who are so confused. Many of them are just totally confused. They're ashamed of themselves. They don't know why. They feel guilty. And um, this uh, is not good for any of us. Yeah, I mean, you said right there, perfect social reengineering. That's really what's going on, Carol. Social reengineering. Yeah, and they call and, it reimagining. They want to reimagine America, reimagine you know the creation, reimagine everything. But their imaginations are warped, sick, <laughs> and perverted. Oh wow, there you go. That's a quotable quote. And by the way, it's, it comes back, Carol, to the transformation that Barack Obama promised. That's the underlying message here uh, in the third term with uh, Biden, which he's clearly not running the. Uh, uh, the the empire here. Uh, so uh, let's a couple other things. Let's move it along. I want to talk to you about this is I, I mean, people have got to understand what I'm going to talk about next. Everybody knows Peter Navarro. Uh, the, he was a, an advisor in the Trump administration. So he was put in handcuffs and leg irons, he says, while being arrested at the Nashville airport up in your neck of the woods, here, Carol, on charges of defying the House January 6th committee. So Navarro, 72 years old, so he's not a 50-year-old kid here. You know, he's indicted on charges of contempt of Congress 
Uh, this happened on Friday uh, uh, because he wasn't going to engage with that House committee lunacy that's going on here. He said, and I quote, they intercepted me getting on the plane and then they put me in handcuffs and they bring me here. The former Trump aide says they put me in leg irons. They stick me in a cell. This is unbelievable. And then he goes on to say that he's urging Americans. To, I love this. It's that uh, good capitalist, Carol. He says, then while this is all going on, please buy my book which is titled, <laughs> I love it, Taking Back Trump's America. He said, to, to, I know, I know, to fund my legal defense fund. I'm going to put that in the America Out Loud bookstore on the front page of the platform. What do you say to all that, Carol? <laughs> well, I, I say that they're after him and this January 6th committee is only about uh, the election. They know they stole the 2020 election. They know that we are on to them, that they've really been exposed and so they're sort of turning up the heat on anyone that uh, has been involved with speaking out against it. And so I think that that is why they have targeted the Trump people that they have targeted. The January 6th committee investigation has no focus. And I believe it's a disgrace. Uh, and it's also, um, I think, shame on all of us that we have allowed American citizens to be held to be held in jail without due process. Many of them have not had a trial. They are political prisoners in the U.S. We've allowed the agencies that we once trusted, like the DOJ, the FBI, the CIA, these various agencies to be totally corrupted. They have become partisan entities. They're filled with people that are not loyal to the U.S. Our military is corrupt that General Milley ought to be out on his head. Uh, all of these people, it's just crazy. Yeah, it, it, it is indeed. I, I want to bring it, uh, move it along to talk to you about this abortion ruling and a very interesting video you have out as well. All right, so the Supreme Court is now approaching the summer recess, which would be the end of June, basically. Uh, and so we're in this pivotal month now. And the justices are expected to release that opinion. Uh, that, But, you know, I, I think what I wanted to ask you, uh, people are surprised that it's not already been released since it was leaked out. It was supposed to release more toward the end of June. They usually save the big ones for more toward the end of, before they recess. But a lot of people just a couple weeks ago, Sydney Powell was on the program here. And as an attorney herself, she said, no, I think they're going to release it in the next few days. And they never did. And other experts felt the same thing. Do you think that decision is going to change, uh, Dr. Swain, before they release it? Or do you think they're just crossing T's and dotting I's? Because you know there's going to be massive riots and they're going to burn the house down, the Marxists left and use this as another scapegoat uh, for their uh, crazy program. Uh, or do you think they're looking at it or do you think this stays intact to what that leaked uh, memo was on this abortion ruling? I believe that they could very well uh, surprise a lot of conservatives and shift that opinion. I don't know that the opinion that was leaked will be verbatim with what they actually release. Yeah. And I think that the Supreme Court, as well as many institutions and many Republicans, are quite responsive to pressure. Uh, and so the fact that they were harassed at their homes, many of the Republicans are not so strongly principled that they would stand and die on their principles. They uh, will follow whatever sometimes they think is politically expedient. And so that would be a great embarrassment if they allowed public pressure to cause them to shift their votes. But 
given what I've seen over the last few decades, I believe that there are some justices that would take the shame and the embarrassment and try to go along with the woke mob. So I'm not confident that Roe would be overturned in the manner that many other people had hoped. Well, and, and Francis, you hear what Dr. Swain says there, and you heard it here first. Uh, she may be very well onto something uh, for sure. All right, you have a, I want to tell folks about this very interesting video, and you have a tweet out, uh, I think it was June 2nd, that said the abortion industry traumatizes women and ends the life of an innocent child. Do you agree with a, with a question mark for folks to opine on? Go look at the video. There'll be links in this when the ghost of podcast is it's only I think it's about six, seven minutes. Uh, it is powerful. You'll see uh, Dr. Carol Swain at her best in that explaining this racial history of Planned Parenthood. It, it's a it's a terrific watch uh, and learn kind of thing here. And I want to end our segment here, uh, Dr. Swain, with this here. I thought this was really well said. You 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 put this in on your site, sort of with your bio, but it's so perfect. And I've referenced this as the divided states of America. And, and um, you say this, and I quote, I believe our nation has been exceptional throughout the centuries because of the wisdom and faith of the founding fathers who sought to establish an everlasting covenant with the God of Israel. Their wisdom is found in the Declaration of Independence and the U.S. Constitution. If America is to survive as a nation, we must rediscover our roots and unite as one people. We must recognize that multiculturalism and identity politics fuels division and divisiveness. As Matthew 12, 25 through 27 suggest a house divided against itself cannot stand. All right, Dr. Swain, that was beautifully said. And when we talk about the divided states of America, what's your lasting message uh, with, with this message to the American people? I tell people to be encouraged that uh, when we look out at the landscape, it seems so dismal at times, but I believe we're winning the battle. And I see this with my own uh, grandchildren. Uh, I have uh, grandchildren that were born and raised in the Northeast. They've been very progressive they're in their early 20s and they're becoming conservative. I mean, really conservative. And, uh, and I think that they represent other young people around the country uh, who see what's taking place. They realize that there's something worth fighting for. So for those of us who are older and we're tired and we get discouraged, I think we have a reason to be optimistic. I also believe that... Um, that not only are people awakening to conservatism, but many of them are finding their way to Judeo-Christian values and principles. And at the end of the day, that is the only hope for our nation and for our world. Amen to that here. That's Dr. Carol Swain. And now, my fellow Americans, there is nothing more essential than the quality of our health. If we don't have that, well, we have nothing. Uh, and the way to do that is through the power of Healthy Cell. Healthy Cell, it's micro gels, so very easy. Come in a little package. You can take them right out of the package into your mouth or put them in a little bit of water, which is what I do. Easy to take these micro gels. Uh, one is the Immune Super Boost, a fantastic product. Comes with vitamin C, vitamin D3, zinc, echinacea extract, and elderberry extract. Uh, the REM Sleep is another great product. You really want to look at and take a look at some of these. And Focus and Recall, 
a lot of people struggling with long COVID and a lot of trouble with brain fog. This is a fantastic product for that. All our listeners get 20% off that first order. The power of Healthy Cell cannot be understated, especially today. Uh, you can click the banner ad back at America Out Loud as always, or just go to healthycell.com forward slash out loud, and you'll get that discount right there. Uh, another product to consider is the Genesis Vogger. You hear us talk about it a lot because it's a tremendous product that uses HOCL. HOCL is a remarkable product that kills all the pathogens, superbugs, viruses, flus, influenzas, uh, um, SARS-CoV-2, you name it. And the HOCL goes into the Vogger and cleans the air and the pathogens, good for mold, that kind of a thing. Now, this is a product that's going to become a household product that we're all going to want to have. I have one myself, and uh, you should take a look at this. There's a free ebook, totally free, and there's a lot of great information in the ebook. So I encourage you to go get that. Bannerad, again, click that for Genesis Fogger back at America Out Loud, or go to genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud is another way to get that. 15% off. Uh, that fogger you get to be uh, from being a listener using the code out loud. So get that as well for yourself. And to take a look at all the products we have, they're all designed to help our lives uh, and live a more fulfilling life and a quality life, if you will, here. Coming up next now, powerful segment with Congresswoman Kat K. Mack joins us and Iowa Senator Zach Nunn. Uh, we'll continue on. You're listening to Viewpoint This Sunday. The America Out Loud talk radio app is on Android or Apple. It's the perfect way to listen in to the new generation of talk shows and hosts who are ready to inform and inspire. While many things we hear are lies, we know one thing is true. Viruses exist and people get sick. Look, there's no guaranteed way to keep from getting sick, but there is a way to reduce your chances. Cofix RX, the original povidone iodine-based antiviral nasal spray that you hear Dr. McCullough talking about, provides an additional invisible layer of protection from colds, flu, coronaviruses, and more. Click the banner ad on americaoutloud.com and use promo code OUTLOUD for 20% off. Stay protected with Cofix RX. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day. Yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Oral hygiene hasn't changed in 50 years, but our diet and the way we eat has, creating an environment in your mouth for bacteria to wreak havoc on your teeth and gums. For better oral health, get Spry Dental Defense, an oral care line designed to combat acid-creating bacteria. The toothpaste, mouthwash, mints, and gum all contain xylitol, a natural ingredient shown to dramatically improve oral health. Spry can be found online and at all fine natural retailers. Welcome back to Viewpoint this Sunday. It is Malcolm Out Loud here, yours truly, and always a privilege to be with you, my fellow Americans. And uh, thank you, as always, for being on the mission and the journey here at America Out Loud. Now, listen, your job out there is to get over to the platform and share, share, share the out loud truth, because 
can't leave this stuff a secret. We need to get it out there from sea to shine and sea here. Uh, as we say at the top of AmericaOutloud.com, here we take on the challenges of our generation so that we can preserve future generations. But that needs to be a team sport. Team sport being all Americans and surely all patriots who love our country. So share the out loud truth and it's all back at AmericaOutloud.com. Now let's continue this fantastic program here. And uh, again, we're going to get right now into some uh, domestic policies, uh, things of that nature, and then talk about the midterm elections and a very, very key race uh, for Congress we'll discuss as well here. Uh, we're going to bring on now here and talk about this. Well, you remember the words, the uh, transitory inflation, Boy, that has come back to bite them if there's anything uh, but there's a lot of reasons why it's not transitory, clearly, uh, speaking about our inflation and the cost of everything that is hitting every American. Nobody escapes this, by the way. Nobody. Unless you're an elite and you have you know, millions and billions sitting there and you can take private jets, uh, you're going you're to be impacted by what's taking place here, to be sure here. Uh, joining us on the show here is Congresswoman Kat Kamak. She serves Florida's third congressional district and is on the Homeland Security Committee and House Agri Agricultural Committee as well. Uh, I would call her, uh, in my words anyways, uh, an absolute uh, firebomb, a, a rising star in uh, in the DC politics for sure. And there's a, there's a few real special names. She's one of them for sure. And always a dear friend of the program here is Iowa Senator Zach Nunn joins us as well. He serves in the Iowa legislature, now running for U.S. Congress. As you know, he's been on this before in Iowa's third congressional district. Uh, Zach is, is a special uh, man, a patriot, just a terrific guy. He's retired lieutenant colonel with the U.S. Air Force. He's surely a patriot, to be sure. He served in Iraq and Afghanistan and has been on the front lines for America for a very long time here. Okay, we'll start with this uh, energy, uh, and well, actually, the, the inflation, the transitory, and, and a great place to start. Uh, Congresswoman Kamak is a, a tweet you put out on Friday, which kind of summed up a little bit of your feelings here, and it was this. Biden's at the beach in Delaware. Meanwhile, Americans are experiencing record gas prices at the pump, struggling to find formula, paying double for groceries. The president has no idea what's happening in our country. Let's start right there as far as this whole uh, economy, our inflation, Congresswoman. Wow. Yeah, well, I mean, this is what you can expect when you hire limousine liberals to run the country. I mean, they want to talk about gas prices, yet you have Nancy Pelosi and Joe Biden who haven't filled up their own gas tank in 40 years. <laughs> they talk about security from the comfort of their armored vehicles. They have no concept of what everyday Americans go through. And it is really a shame because we are now suffering collectively as a result of every single failed policy that the Biden administration has pushed. And his answer is to flee to Delaware and spend time at the beach house. And when he's not in Delaware, he's taking cues from the Easter Bunny and he's shaking hands <laughs> with invisible people on stage. This would be funny if it weren't so sad, but more than that, it's dangerous this inflation has wiped out the, the cost of living adjustment for our seniors. And we have people across the country who are having to make the decision of, do I buy gas or groceries? 
this is not the United States of America that I grew up in. This is not what I want my kids to grow up in. And that's why it's so important that we get very serious about taking the house back. And that's why I'm here in Iowa with Zach Nunn, because he is going to be part of that team who not only takes the house back, but we get our country back on the right track. Uh, just hearing you say that, I get shivers running on my spine here for sure. When and, and surely when you talk about uh, Zach Nunn as well here, uh, Zach, let's uh, take it here now. And um, so this whole thing with with uh, the inflation and the energy, um, Congresswoman Kamek brings up a, a really perfect point actually. And I'm, I'm just thinking here. Okay, so you think about Pelosi, Biden, uh, Schumer, any of the cats, and McConnell for that matter, any of them. When's the last time they stopped with their with their automobile to fill up a tank and find out that it's twice the price from when uh, the last administration was in office? Uh, they're paying about twice the price at the pump. And this is something folks cannot afford. Uh, they surely don't. It's a perfect case in their limos. Uh, that's a perfect scenario, I guess, here. They're not understanding at all. So it has no impact on them. Uh, the real trouble right now is there doesn't seem to be any relief. And I'm hearing from listeners all across the country that are writing into the network here. They're asking our opinions on what we think. When can we turn the corner? When can we see lower prices? But right now, the administration has buckled up for this. I think what's shocking is they're not changing their policies. They're not apologizing. They're just saying, yeah, that's the way it's going to be, kids. Buckle up. It's remarkable in an election year. It's almost a gift to, uh, to well, to uh, the Republican Party to p- potentially, if they don't screw things up, that is. What do you think, Zach? <laughs> yeah, Malcolm, you're absolutely right here. I mean, the real gift is going to places like Russia and Iran and places that are making the largest oil price they've made on a barrel of oil in decades. And as a result, they're getting a lot stronger and a lot more bold. You know, this administration made a commitment to a fig leaf of a Green New Deal Hmm. and put us all in a position where we were supposed to buy electric cars. But Malcolm, I'm going to tell you this right now as a data six, Tesla doesn't make a minivan. So for the majority of Americans, we're out there working in the field and trying to do the right thing. Uh, We see supply chains getting longer. We see the cost of everything going up as a result. And we're here in the Midwest in the middle of planning season. And we had an energy independence plan that could have worked and did work. But we turned off ethanol, one of the best producing uh, alternative energies here in Iowa, biodiesel. We have the ability to put through pipelines that can fund not just or fuel our entire country, but we've got enough natural gas right here in America to be able to power China and India combined. And we could be a net exporter. But as a military guy, I've flown over the Persian Gulf enough. I know that we are providing uh, energy security for the rest of the world while we're energy independent on the very people that we're fighting against. And that's scary, not just for the families but for the world. Well, and we've had a history of that, uh, Senator. We've had, we've had a history of what you say right there, getting into these wars and what have you, and energy being always the denominator in these factors, and then having to suck up to our enemies, which is uh, unbelievable. Uh, and we're here, we're at it again. I think what's really uh, shocking, I'd say remarkable, unremarkable, but it's shocking to about every American, is that we had finally got to a point in our nation where under the previous administration, under the Trump administration, which I I was thrilled. I was like really thrilled as a patriot to think, wow, we were finally energy independent. Wow. Like, okay, we don't have to do all that tick for tack anymore to put gas in the car. And I thought, wow, that's pretty incredible. I would have never guessed uh, ever that we could have done this much damage 
change in this short of time. Uh, and now I just wouldn't have ever thought that we'd be having this conversation today. And I think probably most all Americans can relate to what I'm saying. Now, uh, Congresswoman came back. I'll tell you, you see this here now, uh, Yellen. Uh, uh, she came out and, and says that too much government money was flowing into the economy too quickly. She finally admits she's the first top Biden official to admit she was incorrect in her 21 public remarks on inflation with this whole transitory business. Uh, she says it's why she had sought without success to scale back the $1.9 trillion relief plan by a third uh, early in 2021 before Congress passed the enormous program, which they keep passing these trillions like they're Play-Doh money. Um, she says, I think I was wrong then about the path that inflation would take. Well, that's a hell of a time to admit it now when we're all uh, biting the bullet here on all of this. And then on top of that, to bring this to a, a hit here, Congresswoman, the Chase CEO, Jamie Dimon, everybody sees, comes out and says, brace yourself for an economic hurricane caused by the Fed and the Ukraine war. And, and then Elon Musk says he feels uh, super bad about the economy, needs to cut 10% at Tesla jobs. Things are not feeling good. And I'm afraid there's going to be a lot more pain. How much pain do you think we're going to go through? Because we're talking real life here. We're not talking pretend. What can Americans look forward to? I have a sense the next couple of years are going to be, well, how would I say to you, Congresswoman, a bitch on wheels. <laughs> well, wow. Uh, I haven't heard that before, but it, that pretty much sums it up. <laughs> you know, think about this. $5,200, $5,200. That is what Biden and his cronies have now cost us in the last 17 months. That is what their inflationary spending and their government spending, that $7 trillion just last year, that is the inflation tax that every single family is paying, $5,200. I can think of quite a few things that I could do with $5,200. And especially for working class families, people that are trying to, I don't know, find baby formula, $5,200, that's a lot of money. That's a lot of baby formula. That's a lot of school supplies and clothes. That is a huge amount of money. And that's just the inflation tax that we are seeing because the cost of goods and services has gone up through the roof. Think about this. July 2021. Inflation was 1.7%. Yeah. July of last year was 1.7%. Today, it is 8.3%. This is only going to get worse because Biden, one, has no idea what he's doing. He himself has admitted that he is frustrated that his own aides and people in the administration are not listening to him. He's not really in control. Then you couple the facts with Janet Yellen, for example, she admits that it isn't transitory, that she was wrong. It's not temporary. And there will be things that they're going to do to fix it. Well, I read their plan because I know shocker. I read the bills and I actually follow up on their memos. They want to forgive more student loan debt on top of the six billion that they just forgave yesterday. This is what government and big government does that ruins our country. They have a one-size-fits-all approach to everything. They want to do a check-the-box, throw more money at a problem, and hope it goes away. Throwing more money at the problem is not going to make it go away. What government needs to do is get the hell out of the way Amen. and let the free markets work, let yeah. people get back to work, and stop paying people to stay home. 
everything will even out if we can get big government out of the way and they can stop taking money out of our pockets. Yeah. You know, I'm going to ask you a question, Congresswoman, that I, uh, we, someone might probably wouldn't ask on mic, but it probably would ask in the hallways of Congress somewhere <laughs> or in a private room or, or over a cocktail or something, if you will, or with that kind of sure. thing. Let me ask you, I'm just, I'm very curious because you're, you're always truthful and outspoken every time I've seen you uh, speak about these things. In fact, I start, start to call you Congresswoman came back out loud, by the way. So, uh, which I love. That's a compliment, by the way. Uh, so, anyways, um, tell me yes, this. Say a prayer for my husband. Uh, I know. I see that he's a hardworking first responder and all the work he's doing. I, I love <laughs> yeah. the background of, of you and, and what you're about. But here, here's what I'm wondering. Within the circles of Washington, within these conversations that go on, you know, there's a lot of it's not a late night joke, really. But there is a lot of talk and uncomfortableness with uh, with Americans, for sure, to be sure that Biden is not in command, that he is not making decisions, that it is not happening. Many people reference a globalist. They'll reference Obama. They'll reference Soros. They'll reference other uh, sort of characters. What I'm curious, what do people there in Washington really think off the mic, like, what are they, I mean, can you, do you have some sense of that? What do people really think is going on here? I'll tell you, Malcolm, people are scared. I've talked to my Democratic colleagues. They come back from bill signings and meetings at the White House. And some of these are folks that have served with Biden for decades. He can't remember their name. He has to have a index card with their photo on it and talking points to have these meetings. They come back and say, it's just not something's not right. It, it, he's glassy eyed. It's it's kind of strange. Mm. Um, there's a lot of handlers that are in and out managing the situations. So I've had Democrats tell me that they are very scared and nervous about the situation that's playing out in the White House. But I think it's very telling when Susan Rice has an office in the executive building. That right there is wow. your first indicator that this isn't the Biden administration. This is the third term of the Obama administration. Yeah. And when you look at what's happening at the border, the fact that you have Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, uh, who says, oh, the border's secure. I've been to the border four times. It's not secure. He's been to the border several times. It's not secure. He's seen it firsthand. And I have been privy to the conversations where he has admitted behind closed doors that it's really not. But he has said things to the effect of, well, you get rid of me, wait till you see who comes next. And I say, well, that sounds more like a threat than anything else. So that tells me that he's not in control. It tells me that Biden's not really there to be in control. You've got a lot of bureaucrats that have longstanding ties to the Obama administration. And ultimately, at the end of the day, it's not one policy that they're after. It is an agenda. And that agenda is dependency and control. Grow government big, make people dependent on programs so that those in government can maintain control. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to. Senator Nunn here, we've still got a, a very difficult, uh, I'm just really worried for for the American people, frankly. I mean, it's one thing to have a new, uh, you know, we'll get into the midterm election of the race you're in in just a moment. And that's going to be this race coming up. Yeah, it's vital. These midterms. I mean, you know, when I'm not looking for, you know, they talk about, and we'll talk to the congresswoman later on, there's red waves and blue waves. And I'm not even looking for that. I'm looking for an American wave. I'm looking for patriots and people who love our country our constitution. That means Democrats as well, as the congresswoman just referenced, people to the left of the center, independents, that they all rise and vote. I'm looking for 
for an American wave this time. That's really what I ask, and I beg of you out there to give us an American wave this time, please, to save our nation, for God's sakes, you know. I want to talk about the Ukraine war, uh, this uh, episode here that's happening here. There's a lot of talk. Uh, Senator Zaknon, about this Russia war, end in the war, end in the war. You and I spoke, oh, wow, many times about this for the past many months, about trying to give Putin an off-ramp, trying to get him to the table. I mean, we know this is a bit of a madman. We know we, we did not treat the Russia relationship well. We made a spectacle of it. We know all of that. Now we have a real crisis situation. And it seems like the Biden administration doesn't, the, the, the sense I get from many experts is that they don't want to end this war. They're using it sort of as a crutch for certain other things. One, to blame all their energy and inflation and debacles on that, which is clearly not working. Momentum has shifted in the last few days in Ukraine is from what I'm seeing, and you can speak about this better than I, with Russia advancing in the Donbass area here. What about that? And what about the off-ramp? And what about the Biden administration? Are they hell-bent on just destroying us through this whole war and some sort of a, well, nuclear thing that you and I've talked about, strategic? What's, what's the bottom line here? Yeah, Malcolm, we've got uh, recon flights going off the coast uh, right now and are providing vital intelligence to what's going on on the ground. The great thing is the Ukrainians are willing to stand up and fight for themselves. And I wish that our president, you know, three times he said a invasion of Ukraine is imminent and never laid out a red line for the Russians of what would happen if they did go in. And as a result, you know, Putin felt emboldened. He took a lot of action that uh, threatened U.S. national interests and impacts farmers here in my community. I mean, we're, we're looking at a fertilizer crisis going into next year that is going to have a ripple on effect, not just for the cost of food for uh, Europeans, but it's going to bleed over to America. And America is going to have to spend more of its time trying to get food to the entire world so we don't have a crisis or a famine. The other aspect of this is you look at what Russia has been able to do um, on its own unimpeded without uh, NATO or the U.S. involved. And you look at how effective the Ukrainians have been on the ground. My concern here is that the U.S. wrote a check and then said, hey, Ukraine, now you're kind of on your own. But it's going to take us months, if not years, to get the type of aid they needed. You know, we've got MiG-29s that are sitting ready to go in Poland. We've got surface-to-air missiles that are ready to go in Romania and Bulgaria that the Ukrainians can have today, and we should be giving those over. Let's bleed out Russia now and send them home with a bloody nose, because that's what's going to stop this. The final thing I will say on this, Malcolm, is that the United States uh, should not be getting involved in another conflict, and the fact that Putin and Biden are in this dance to both distract from domestic problems they have at home is costing the lives of tens of thousands of Ukrainians and millions and billions of American dollars. So they do this kabuki dance to uh, distract what's happening internally, but it's coming at a cost to all of us taxpayers around the world. Uh, Congresswoman, this this whole thing with Ukraine, is the Biden administration using this, I, uh, I would ask it, almost as a crutch uh, because they, you know, Putin, price hikes and all of this nonsense, they have nothing else to lean on. Not only do you see the invasion, which by the way, Um, Zach hit this exactly on the head. We knew that this was coming and sitting on Homeland Security, this information is now forward facing so I can share it. But I was in briefings this time last year and even before then, where we had intelligence that showed that the Russians were mobilizing, that they were preparing um, a pretext for invasion into Ukraine. This was all 
very well known in Washington circles. The fact that we had military aid that was held up in transit and then sat at the border without being deployed, people were not being trained. To me, that is just another failure of the Biden administration. They had every opportunity to preemptively stop and assist, and they did not. And if we were serious about holding Russia accountable, why in the heck are they still using Russia as the mediator in the JCPOA negotiations? This is the thing that people are talking about in Washington. You're on one hand funding a, a war on one side of it, but then on the other, you're allowing Russia to be the lead negotiator on behalf of the United States dealing with Iran. Give me a break. The Biden administration is talking out of both sides of its mouth, and pretty soon, no one's going to be able to know exactly where we stand, which in the terms of American foreign policy, that's very dangerous. You need to know if you can depend or trust us, and our enemies need to fear us. And there have to be consequences. Under this administration, there are none. And for people who are just living their lives, going from home to work and back again, I think they're starting to wake up and say, listen, I had to fill up my gas tank today. And it was like $80. And this time, two years ago, it was $40. Um, there's no way this could be the, the Putin price hike because this is just getting worse. And I thought we were funding that. I mean, people are starting to really wake up to this, especially when Biden, like he said the other day, comes out and says that we are in the strongest economic recovery in history and Americans are saving more. That is a lie. People are waking up and it is everyday Americans who've never been engaged before. And it's because they have failed so miserably that no one's buying their BS anymore. Let's remind everybody the damage being done to our beloved uh, nation uh, yeah. is pretty is pretty serious, Congresswoman. It's pretty serious. Right? It's not casual. This is I, I think what I get from most people and I speak to a lot of people every day around the globe and that this is not business as usual. It's not politics as usual. Our country. And, and these are not just talking points. And I'm not a theorist. I don't do any of that stuff. Not an extremist. I'm none of those things. But the sense is that our nation is being dismantled and there are far too many coincidences. People are really nervous about our country. Many of them have already signed off and thinking we're screwed, basically. And somebody who is not... Uh, been there for decades. You haven't been sitting and you're, you're not, you know, Ben, you're not 80 years old, like coming out of there in a wheelchair, <laughs> wheelchair. <laughs> Some days maybe, but you're not, you're not in a wheelchair or an oxygen tank, which is what I always say, because they stay there too damn long in DC. I mean, you're, you're fresh, you're fresh Lincoln for just as Zach would be uh, for Washington. But when you look at the dismantling of our country right now, it's unnerving what's happening right now. And people, this is more than just a political race. And I don't know how much we can get done even after the midterm, because we still have this reckless administration in place. Him and his VP and his cronies and his entire administration are a bunch of buffoons. There is anybody competent up there. So looking at that as number one, Congresswoman. And then number two, I think the big question I'd ask you, what tell, let's tell listeners too, what is it about Zach Nunn that excites you? to give your endorsement for U.S. Congress to this uh, military veteran and patriot. But answer that second. Answer the first one, please, at 35,000 feet. Are we screwed or can we turn this thing around? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we are not screwed. Um, you know, I am, yes, an eternal optimist, but I also am keenly aware that the greatest American renaissance comes after some of the darkest periods in our nation's history. Mm. And I think, mm. and some people have criticized me for this, but I do think 
that we have really reached a level of prosperity in this country, particularly my generation, you know, millennials, Gen Zs, we've never really had to want or experience um, true adversity the way that previous generations have. You know, we of course have the greatest generation coming out of uh, World War II. And you think about how we have everything at the, the touch of a button, at the snap of our fingers. And now all of a sudden people are waking up saying, I gotta pay how much for gas? And you, you mean, I'm not gonna be able to find baby formula right away? And everything is just kind of falling apart. I think it took us getting to this point for people to really wake up and realize how precariously precious and fragile freedom is. Because now all of a sudden I'm seeing more people showing up at Memorial Day ceremonies. I'm seeing more people show up at Republican executive committees around the country. I'm seeing people show up to the PTA and the school board meetings. And it's because for the first time in a long time, they're getting involved, they're getting engaged, and they're realizing that this great American experiment in freedom doesn't happen by chance. It's not unicorn fairy dust. It takes a lot of adversity, a lot of grit, a lot of hard work and persistence. And so while I think it is awful right now, I do think that our best years are ahead of us, not behind us. And it's going to take people like Zach who are going to help us execute on the agenda because it's one thing to get elected it's another to be a part of the team that says all right we're one team we're one mission we're gonna get this done because i know so many people were frustrated when we had the house and the senate and the white house and we didn't get all the things done that we should have mm -hmm. it came about in a way that really it, it should have been a seamless process but instead we fractured internally and we started pointing fingers at each other saying, you're, con you're too conservative. You're not conservative enough. That's not the thing we need to do. Right now, we need to be one team, one mission, not Republicans versus Democrats. We need to be the party of small government. We need to be that, that voice of reason and common sense saying, we have a very short window, a very small window in which we've got stuff to get done. We have to do it because the entire American experiment is based on the faith and the trust and the consent of the American people. And the minute that the people no longer consent to this government, then it's over. Mm. But we're not there yet. I think we can earn that trust back. And I say that we're deliberately earned. And again, you asked me, why am I out here supporting Zach Nunn? Well, I'm out here because he is earning every single damn vote. I flew in this morning and he met me in a little market grocery store, his whole family piled in and we're hugging and they're all sweaty and hot and gross. And they're like <laughs> apologizing. I'm so sorry. We were at a parade. And I said, don't you dare apologize for that. You're working your tails off. You're out there earning every single vote. And it's not just him. It's his whole family, because in this this crazy political world, it's not just the person that serves, just like when you have a first responder, a firefighter, a police officer or a military service member. They aren't the only ones serving. It's their whole family. And so they have that service mentality. His wife, Kelly, came in. She's got the kids. The kids are all decked out in their Zach Nunn gear. They're ready to go. They're being friendly with everybody. And to me, if you have a good heart and a work ethic, mm. you are who we need and want on the team. Because mm. there's a lot of people that'll run to TV cameras and not run into the battle. And the battle's where we need people going. 
My dear Iowa Senator, my brother, Zach Nunn, you have got to have a bag of nerves. Your, your whole, I can just imagine being on the crust of an election that is so vital uh, for so many things. Uh, you, you've got to be but confident, I'm sure, of you, knowing what you've done, where you're at in your life. Um, You've you, you got to be pretty juiced at this point, don't you? How do you feel coming in now to this big primary here this week? No, we're excited. And, you know, we have worked hard for this. We have an incredible team. I mean, what we have done has been just a drop in the bucket compared to what the volunteers have done, to what the Iowa Republican Party has done, and most importantly, for what other good elected officials like Kat coming to Iowa from Florida in the middle of summer to knock on doors with us and say, hey, this is that important. And I would agree. You know what? 70% of the things that all Americans are, agree on are something that this future Congress can get knocked out. And so it's not just about me winning here in Iowa uh, to do well for my immediate constituency. It's about getting a gavel in Kat's hand so that she can actually lead the committee that's going to be able to deliver for Americans on what is most important to them, what they have been asking for, and equally hold the Biden administration accountable. They have been you know, loose at the rudder for two years. We have another two years ahead of us. And she brought it up absolutely spot on. The American people get to have a say in this and what they are tired of. And you can see it in the polling right there with some of the lowest in history is the fact that they have an administration who has turned a deaf ear to what is most important to every family in America. The ability to have hope for your kids, to be able to raise a family and to make sure that they can be more successful than we were. And right now we are headed in the wrong direction. So I'm thrilled to be part of this team. I think we all recognize, every voter, myself included, that this is going to be a truly historic election, and we each have a responsibility to make it the country that we want, not the country that we currently have. Yeah. Let me tell listeners now that website is zachnunn.com. It's Z. A-C-H, okay, Nun, uh, N-U-N-N dot com, ZachNunn.com, look up more of that. And if you want to see more about uh, Congresswoman Kat K-Mac, uh, a great place to go to get a sense of her thoughts, ideas, would be her Twitter feed is, is, is marvelous. There's a whole lot of uh, commentary and thoughts there. And her Malcolm, that Twitter feed alone is going to make you very happy, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everybody's faith and get, I love get her. fired up. Yeah, I love her Twitter feed for sure here. And uh, she's got a lot on there. It's just just tremendous here. I'll leave it this way here at the end of this remarkable and what a privilege. Let me state to all of you here. It's a privilege. First of all, I love Zach Nunn, as you probably sense that now. And I can tell you now I love uh, Kat Kamak as well. Uh, clearly, uh, these are two remarkable, remarkable people that represent we the people in ways that make us proud. And that's so important, friends. I leave you with this thought here, please. The conversation you just heard is, is it, 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 it's all of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's a conversation that needs to be heard from sea to shine in sea. And the, what we've got to do in this election, and I, and I think the congresswoman would agree with me, as well as uh, Senator Zach Nunn would agree, they, again, let's not talk red waves and blue waves. Let's talk American waves, please. That's something I've been speaking about for months to the American people about. Enough of this division and this divide and this racist talk and all this garbage out there. Enough. Let's have America rise. America rise. That's everybody included, minus the Marxists. We'll leave the Marxists to the, 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 the far left Democrat <laughs> party, the hell out of the party. How's that, you know? But the rest of everybody is invited to the party called America. And that's what we're looking at. You, you both agree? Absolutely. Listen, this is, this is about keeping our dreams big and our government small. So 
small government all the way. Yeah. That's uh, what the fight is right now. It really is. And we've got to get them uh, away out of the way and let the ingenuity of America, the ingenuity of the American people, uh, ex uh, American exceptionalism. Uh, thank you again for being on the mission. An extraordinary viewpoint this Sunday. Be sure to share this with 10, 10 of the best people you know and send it to five you don't like also, please. Okay, so those people also hear it so we can get them involved. And thank you for joining me on the mission here. It's time to get involved and get loud, America.